Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Own the Microphone. I am Bridget McGowan, and I am joined today by Joy Lynn Maniachi. Joy Lynn, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, and thank you for having me. You and I were talking before we started the show about how we have done so many presentations in our lifetimes. I know for me, you had me thinking back to when I was church school secretary at Pleasant Hill United Methodist Church (laughs) way back in the day. And I would get up and I would do a speech every Sunday. So we were trying to think about how many quote unquote speeches have we done paid and unpaid. And I counted that as a speech. I was standing up. I was only there for a minute or two, but I made note of and announced to everybody what was the lesson, what was the scripture, how many were in attendance, what was in collection, and so on. So I said, I mean, I've I've done hundreds of presentations. I did, you know, a hundred in the span of a couple of years going to church every Sunday. So I want you to think back to one of your first presentations. It doesn't have to be in fifth grade or what have you, but think back to one of your first presentations, Joy Lynn. And then think about one of your most recent presentations. What is the biggest difference between the two? The biggest difference between the two is how much of me is present in them. When I started, it was very much about formality and wanting to say the right thing and worrying about what other people were going to think about it and how it was going to be received. And a lot of just even though I'm fairly comfortable being in front of people, still just managing all those thoughts and and not even totally being present to where now I'm more in my body and I'm there for the audience. And so there's a big shift there. Now, how did you get from there to here? I mean, of course, a lot of presentations, Mm -hmm. but how did you know that this this felt right. This was the way to make your presentations. Well, I have always, I guess, had one of those uh, zigzagging life patterns and you meet different people. And so two of the biggest influence was I actually for a short time was in a business coaching group with a speech coach. And she would talk all the time about how speaking is a physical act. You have to get out of your head. So she would like, and when she talked, I paid attention to when she was giving us funny exercises to do, because she's like, just get out of your head. And it was, it resonated because I talk about that so much in my own coaching work about we live our life in our head. You got to be in your body. And then the other thing that really, really helped was improv comedy classes, where that was just something to do on an evening and laugh, but there were so many life and communication skills and it really did, you get better at getting out of your head if you practice getting out of your head. So those two things I think made the biggest difference. So let's talk a little bit more about that improv class, that stand-up comedy class that you took. Mm -hmm. Would, Would you recommend it to everybody? I mean, what, what was your experience? I think that 
every single person on the planet could benefit from improv comedy. And what I do full-time is I am a relationship coach and I've actually developed a marriage improv class because there are so many communication skills, just regular conversation, communication skills, but you're learning through games. So it's fun and you're laughing. And so it actually gets in your brain easier. And then with stand-up, there's a whole lot of education about how you are there for the audience. And, and so both of them work around to help you get out of your head and recognize that you're giving a gift to the audience and there's things that you can do to make it a more palatable, funny gift. Wow. We were also talking about other gifts, family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we were talking about family and this is all going to fit together everybody, as you are listening, <laughs> Joy Lynn told me that being a confident speaker is, is kind of a yes, she's always been one, kind of a maybe, kind of an it's complicated situation. <laughs> and part of this stems from growing up with siblings and, well, I'll let you take it from there. Joy, <laughs> Joy Lynn, talk to us about how you show up as a confident speaker and what does growing up in your household have to do with it? Yeah. So I talk about when, when you're talking about growing a business or going after your dreams, everybody I say has a give me. There's, there's one thing that just comes kind of easy to them. And for me, public speaking was one of those. I've always kind of been comfortable up front. And this was true when I was a volleyball ref. Nobody wanted to be the up ref. I'm like, give me the whistle. I don't care. It was like, I was finally so happy to have an audience. And a lot of that, it was actually the voice coach that I told you about is the one who pointed out, oh, you rush your words because you're just trying to get it in. And she's like, that's probably because of the family that you grew up in. I have three sisters and, and my mom in particular, like there's just a lot of everything's wound around drama and I'm not a super dramatic person. So it was always trying to get an, get a word in, you know, just, just kind of slide it in there as fast as I could. So that when there was finally an open space for me to speak, I was, I was almost relieved. Like somebody can hear me. I can talk and get listened to because at home there was so much competition, just lots of, lots of chatter. And, and that's just, yeah, sometimes I wonder how my dad made it with all those women. So. <laughs> <laughs> I am sure he is not alone. And I want to connect this to, let's just connect it to being a professional and being in the office. And you'll see other colleagues who seem to have that quote unquote gift of gab. They mm -hmm. seem to be the ones who are the loudest ones in the rooms. They're the ones who always get the right quote-unquote right people's attention and you feel like because you're not that person mm -hmm. your voice uh, just doesn't stand a chance of being heard what do you say to those people who feel like they are surrounded by loud voices folks with big microphones folks who are going to take off running and <laughs> grabbing the microphone what do you say to those people who feel like that's just not them that they they could never do that that was me because of how I grew up. That's exactly how I felt that, you know, I wanted to talk, but didn't really know how to get the attention. And it, it is 
one, a matter of practice. And then the second is to just start talking because your audience will come. And I recognized finally, and this was after some therapy, that my family was not my target audience. They didn't necessarily resonate with the ideas that I had and what I was talking about. But the more I just kept talking and finding platforms where I could say what I wanted to say, different groups of friends would come, more opportunities to speak would come. And now even like being with you and getting recognized, wow, you have something to say. You just keep going. Your audience will find you, but they can't if you're silent. What's really important is the audience, what you just put out there for us and how you said that your family was not your target audience. So sometimes it feels like you are just pouring your heart out and you are just talking and giving them all kinds of value. And you're wondering why, why aren't they picking up what I'm putting down? Why am I the only one up here who's excited? And it's really about finding your audience because uh, you know <laughs> you you cannot go into a room full of baseball players and say today I'm going to talk to you about how to play volleyball. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just not going to resonate. So who is your target audience and what is your core message, Joylyn? So my target audience is actually highly sensitive, like nervous system sensitive, and self-aware women. Some people will actually use the word empath, but there is just this sensitivity and level of caring, but coming into dysfunctional or uh, unsupportive family systems. And so having all this training for how to attune and pay attention to someone else and then feeling kind of lost in their lives. That's who I was. That's who I attract. That's who I talk to. And that's who, when I talk, are like, thank God you're there and I'm not all alone anymore. And my core message is, in general, there's a couple. I say I'm a communication relationship dynamics expert because it's always energy that speaks. And we have to find ourselves again. We have to remember who we really are. But so many of us have identified ourselves as our insecurity, So it's in this healing that you start to shed those layers and start to really see who you really are. And when you just, even though it might be just a shred or a sliver, when you start seeing that, you start to recognize and you start shining, you get more curious about that. And you really, really start to recognize that no one else needs to change for you to be happy. And happiness is always available. Those are my two big, you know, messages no one else has to change in order for you to be happy because you cannot control those other people just like you cannot control your audience members there's nothing you can do about them but the one person over which you have some control is yourself and that's where you start that's where you start Dr. Joy Lynn Maniachi is an expert in communication and relationship dynamics, uh, a creatrix and founder of, I love this place, the Happiness (laughs) Clinic, everybody. Combining her personal experiences with mental health, 
and combining that with her training in naturopathic medicine, improv comedy, and more, she developed a future forward focused coaching approach that makes happiness the priority, the marker, and the measure of success. Dr. Joy Lynn has developed innovative coaching programs such as the 90-day relationship remodel, happiness brain training, marriage improv, and the superhero sandbox. She gets results for individuals, groups, and couples because she keeps the focus on the future and the most important thing in the world, Y-O-U. She will give you the tools to be confident in yourself, happy AF, and you will know without a doubt that things do not happen to you. You happen to things. I, <laughs> you're a rock star. How about that? <laughs> and you too. I have never had anyone introduce me with such flair. The way, like even just the enunciation, the enthusiasm. I wish everybody could watch what you just did and always present me that way. <laughs> I think I'd have a rating, a raving audience waiting for me if I got that intro every time. Find a way to monetize that. I need to get in touch with all the event contacts uh, around the country and say, "Listen, let me let me introduce all of your speakers." But it's it, it's funny you should say that, Joy Lynn. I want to talk about that a little bit. So, how many times this is you and me sitting in the little green room backstage, getting ready to go make a presentation? We're talking about everything we hate about <laughs> what happens in our profession. How many times have you gotten yourself pumped up? You're ready. You're stoked. You're excited. This is going to be a great presentation. And someone introduces you and it's just wah, wah. And you think to yourself, oh my goodness. I mean, it's tough. I had that happen to me about a few weeks ago where I don't know. I I just, it, it wasn't a good introduction. And I'll be honest. It, it was a damper for me. It kind of crushed my excitement mm. a little bit, but I knew the show must go on and that the success of my presentation was not going to be rooted in how I was introduced. But you tell me, how do you handle that when someone introduces you and it's, it's a lackluster introduction? What do you do to make sure you still bring it? Well, I love what you just said, how you're like, that is not going to determine how it goes. And that's what I call sovereignty. That's you being boss and just being like, how it starts does not determine how it's going to end. And that's the same for trauma healing. What happened does not determine what your future is. So you just call it. And one of the gifts that I have that I see in you too is I've just got some vibrance and fire. So you can try to dampen that down, but as long as I show up, I'm going to bring that energy level back up. And then with some improv skills, which this is like, you got to be kind of practice, but you can almost make a joke of the introduction, allow myself to introduce myself again. You know, here's who I really am. If you feel so bold as to do that, you know, so there's, there's always more than one way to spin it. But the, I think the most important thing is to, you know, from the beginning, this is how this is going to go. This is what I thought preferentially would happen at the beginning, but it's not. How do I bring it forward? 
And you talked about sports and volleyball is my favorite. And I always, as a coach was, how do you better the ball? Because you, if they shank it, you still got to get it over that net. If that's a flat set, you still got to try to make a kill. You always try whatever you start with, you make it better. That's a rule of improv as well. So you just, and if you go with that mindset, nobody could possibly hold you down. Then you could, it actually could be a favor where it's a juxtaposition of how lackluster your introduction was versus how you really showed up. And there's a contrast there that will actually make you stand out even better. So exactly. Yeah. But that's when you own it, you're just, this is how it's going to go. And I don't know how based on that, but I'm going to make it because that's what I'm committed to. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that is a bold boss move where you do get up there and say, okay, now let me uh, allow me to really introduce myself. <laughs> yeah. So if you have that flair and that flavor about you, more power to you, you can right. totally go that route. And here's another route to take. And it's definitely connected to exactly what you said. What I like to do is just give the performance that I know the audience wants to see. And then I live up to the kind of person and performer that I know that I am. That's one step. Number two, it helps sometimes if you give the person who's introducing you the kind of introduction It's already written out. So they're not having to go on your website and pull pieces from your bio and so on. I actually have three or four different bios on my website. And one is for, and I specifically indicate this is to be used to introduce me for live performances or live presentations. This one is to be used if you need a brief uh, bio for print materials, for marketing materials. Here's a more comprehensive one if you need it for longer programming and so on and so forth. But I give them three or four different bios, but I give a very specific one for the verbal introductions. And I'll tell you, Joy Lynn, I don't even uh, care to have a, an introduction at all. Because here's option number three, and that is to just start your presentation. So I start off my presentation with, you have done this, that, or the other. You've seen this, you've done that, and you just cannot find the right fill in the blank. By the time we're done today, you're going to know A, B, and C, and we will accomplish it by one, two, and three. My name is Bridget McGowan, and I help professionals be the most engaging, dynamic, incredible communicators ever. Let's get started. Anybody who's ever attended one of my sessions, they know that's exactly how it starts. And I've gotten you on fire And then I tell you my name and what I do. And then I give you the presentation. And see, everybody, if you give this fantastic presentation, they'll want to know more about you. But they don't need this huge bio and listing off of accolades and accomplishments and all of your resume up front. They're not interested, to be quite honest. They want to know what it is you know that's Mm -hmm. going to help them. Yes. And you give them that. And then they'll, they'll say, well, oh, I want to learn more about this person. Let me Google this. Well, nine times out of 10, they Googled you before the presentation. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yes, sometimes you have to contend with that when they insist on introducing you. And I've had people who are really disappointed when I say, here's a two sentence introduction. And they're like, 
that's it. Yes, because nobody's going to be listening to you. Nobody <laughs> cares. <laughs> right, right. Yep. Speaking of nobody caring, what do you do differently in your presentations, Joy Lynn, that ensures the audience knows that you do care? that you care about their well-being, that you care about their success, that you care about them being different at the end of your presentation than they were at the beginning of it. Yeah, and it's interesting that the question is, what do you do? Because this is where I talk about energy is our first language. Energy doesn't lie. I have to actually care. I could not for the life of me, and nobody could pretend that they care because the audience will pick up if you don't. So what that takes is I, I have to care about what I'm saying. If I'm not interested in what I'm talking about, it isn't going to work. And it just so happens that what I talk about, I could talk about all day because I love it. And the other thing that does help me if I'm feeling disconnected and starting to get in my head, one person said to me, when you were struggling with what you're talking about, don't you wish somebody was saying what you are saying? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. Because when I was starting, you know, struggling in marriage, working with self-confidence issues, all this stuff, and I was, coaching wasn't as, as popular. It wasn't as easily accessible. And I wish somebody was saying what I was saying so I didn't feel so all alone. And that's how all of you, you're going to say it in a certain way with your unique spin. And that's what someone else needs to hear to be, oh my goodness, I'm seen. Oh my goodness, I'm not alone. You can actually help me get to X result faster. And so just if, if you do struggle with kind of caring, just tap back into yourself because we always have access to ourselves and remember how it was. And I can be a gift because I wish I had the knowledge that I had 10 years ago and I could have given my, to myself. That's who your audience is. Is mm -hmm. people who were where you were looking for what you have now and you just offer that. Your audience is people who are where you were back then and are looking for what you have now, looking for that formula to get to where you are now. You, you, you have to let people know that you've seen that pain, you've experienced that pain, that challenge, that struggle, and here's what I did, and here's the beauty in it. You can do it too. This is not something exclusive to me because I'm X, fill mm -hmm. in the blank. This is possible for everyone. And the best part is I am going to show you how. Ah. In a minute, Joy Lynn, you are going to be able to ask me a question. You get to put me in the hot seat since I've been putting you in the hot seat for the last several minutes. What are some of your presentation must-haves where either you must do this, you must have this, you must eat this, you must, whatever. What are some of your must-haves to make sure you always give a dy dynamic presentation? One of the things that I have started to do that has dynamically changed is to mentally rehearse how it's going to go. And for me, I do the best with writing. So the day before, the day of, I'm actually journaling how it's going to go. I'm writing out how this is like how, oh my goodness, I showed up this way. I said this, the audience laughed. I remembered to pause at this point and I could see tears in their eyes. Like I, I 
tell myself how it's going to go. And that's made a huge, huge difference. The other thing, um, the only other go-to that I have is I have to remember to breathe. A coach, we talk about the importance of breath all the time. I tend to talk too fast and I get actually excited to talk. So I will be amped before I get up there. So I actually have to slow my breathing down. And then another thing that I just uh, started doing because I heard it and I was like, oh my goodness, you have to breathe slowly, but breathe so you can hear yourself because that actually tells yourself you're safe. Prey breathing is when you're silent and it's in the upper registers and that's stressful. And so that will actually amp you up more. So you have to pull the air down to the bottom part of your lungs and hear it because you're actually communicating to yourself, I'm okay. And then I think the only other thing is I say, I got this, you know, those, those are, that's, that's the biggies. And we'll see if anything other than eating or just, I'll probably take a sip of water before I go out, but that's about it. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I like to eat, so I, just, I know people <laughs> like me where, you know, there's certain things. You, no, I don't have any kind of specific diet before presentation. There are certain things you should not eat before presentation, things like bacon, anything salty, because that salt is going to cause your mouth to water. And who wants to be in the middle of a presentation where you're constantly having to deal with a watery mouth. So there are some things that you should not eat before a presentation. Uh, also milk and kind of dairy. Yeah. <laughs> Salads what was that? Go ahead. Salads with seeds that get stuck in your teeth. <laughs> right. So far, I think that's like a first date. What would you eat or not eat on a first date? You know what? That I've never looked at it that way. I've never thought about it that way, but yes, <laughs> think about it that way. What would you not eat on a first date? Salads aren't so bad, but stay away from the chia seeds and things that might get stuck in your teeth and then do a double check. Okay. To yep. make sure you don't mm-hmm. have anything green stuck in, in your teeth. If you're trying to find something to eat before presentation, but there's a number of things and in other episodes, I should talk more about some of the things that you should and should not eat. Stay yeah. away from dairy because it can cause a buildup of mucus Mm -hmm. in the back of your mouth. And so again, who wants to deal with that? You just don't want to have to put yourself in a position where you're dealing, it's enough stress presenting where you're dealing with a watery mouth, you're dealing with this buildup of in your mouth. And so, you know, or don't eat anything the night before that you would not ordinarily eat. Don't try a new dish. I know I've said this before (laughs) because you don't know how your body is going to react. You need to be at the top of your game. So I heard you talking about how you journal, you write out how things are going to go. And I, I, I see that as choreographing Mm -hmm. your presentation and everybody that is one of my favorite tips favorite strategies is to choreograph exactly how things are going to go. When you know you plan on asking the audience a certain question, stop and ask yourself, what kinds of responses am I going to get to this question? Will I get the responses for which I am looking? If the answer is no to either one of those, it's time to rephrase that question. Think about what story will you tell and then ask yourself, what is the audience response going to be? Is it what I want? If not, then I need to come up with another anecdote to put in there. What slide am I going to show with this? What is the reaction I want to get with this image? Choreograph every single thing. Where am I going to stand when I say X? What kind of facial expression am I going to say when I am I going to have when I say Y? Choreograph it. Think about it. 
it takes time. Was my first speech choreographed down to that detail? <laughs> no. <laughs> it takes time. It takes time. Now, it is time, speaking of time, it is time for you, Joy Lynn, Dr. J, to ask me a question. What do you have? Okay, so I don't generally put myself in the category of of a real hardcore struggle with imposter syndrome. But here I am and you're talking to me as a professional speaker and I'm like, wait, I'm not really a professional speaker. I'm a relationship coach. So I'm wondering, when did you actually take on and identify with, I'm a professional speaker now? That is an outstanding question. So here's the difference between a public speaker and a professional speaker. A public speaker gets before audiences, delivers speeches, delivers presentations, trainings, and so on. As a matter of fact, let me just read you very quickly. A public speaker is a person who is regarded as an orator, a uh, rhetorician, a eulogist, a facilitator, lecturer, or speech maker who regularly speaks in public, one who knows and practices the art of effective oral communication with large, small, face-to-face and or virtual audiences. A professional speaker is a person who is regarded as an orator, rhetorician, or I keep messing that up, rhetorician, not rhetorician, rhetorician, eulogist, facilitator, lecturer, or speechmaker who regularly makes, who regularly speaks in public, one who knows and practices the art of effective oral communication with large, small, face-to-face, and or virtual audiences, and who gets paid for doing so. That's the difference between the two. Now, let me take it a little bit more deeply. Because you are getting paid to do it, means you have taken the time to understand audience engagement, slide design, staging, body language, eye contact, voice intonation. You've taken the time to truly study the art of public speaking and you practice and you refine and you spend time learning from others and you research and you read that is the difference so both of them are the same thing it's just a professional speaker is the one who gets paid for it and you get paid because people know you've put in the work to do more than just get up and talk at me but you know when to move when to stop when to slow down your speech, when to speed up your speech, when to, you understand the full on art of bringing a message and bringing the fire to a room. Does that answer your question? Yes, and I love that. You get paid because you put in the work. Boom. That's it. You're an expert in your subject matter. And they'll pay for that, but they'll pay even more handsomely if you know how to deliver it in a manner where 
90% of the audience gets it. It makes sense. You're making a difference in the audience. So that's the difference. So yes, that's how I made that, that shift was when people were calling upon me saying, hey, we want you to come to this workshop and we'll pay you for it. Okay, I'm a professional speaker. <laughs> that was a great question. That was a great awesome. question. Awesome. Anything else you need to tell our listeners to make sure that they understand how to just get out there and rock it out? Yeah, I work so much with self-esteem and confidence. And I say all the time, confidence comes through doing. There is no way to satisfy the soul urging to get out and speak by only doing it in your head. You're actually going to have to go out there, grab the microphone, get on stage, like whatever the platform is, but you have to do it. You cannot complete the experience in your head. And, and when you do that, regardless of if you quote unquote bomb or fail, your confidence goes up because you actually did something. I've been taking notes during the course of our conversation. And everybody, here are some takeaways that I have that I'm going to give you. One, speaking is a physical act. I, <laughs> I like to tell my husband or my son when I ask them to do something physical for me, open a jar, pick up something or whatever. And the response is either I can't, or this is too hard. I tell them, put your back into it. <laughs> so I'm going to tell listeners, speaking is a physical act. Put your back into it. That means, and that means gird your loins, you know, bear down, do what you gotta do. Another note I took down was, Energy is your first language. The audience picks up on your energy in those first few seconds, those first few words. It makes me think about when I was in college and the first day of, of class, everybody, and I used to teach this when I used to work with professors. I used to teach professors how to teach. Everybody is watching that professor and checking out your energy. And they're going to know by the end of that first session, possibly within the first few minutes, but definitely by the end of that first session, exactly how they should quote unquote handle you going forward. We all know we had professors where we knew we could get away with anything. And then we had those others where we knew we... It, we better have everything documented. There was no getting away with having five grandmothers die in the semester with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, so the same thing goes for when you're starting your presentation, that energy is your first language. The audience is picking up on that and it gives them a sense of what they know or what they think they'll be able to experience. Another note that I took down from you is... Uh, whatever you start with, make it better. I, 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 I mean, it just, we could apply that in so many areas of life, whether it is a new outfit that you get, a new home, a new friendship, a new relationship, anything, whatever you start with, make it better. And then my last one I jotted down was confidence comes from doing so those are my four big takeaways from you today, Dr. J. You don't mind me calling you Dr. J, do you? No, that's, that's cool. It's all right with me. Oh, my goodness. This has been absolutely outstanding. Thank you so much, Dr. Maniachi. 
Yeah, it's been a pleasure. This is such a fun conversation. And I just, yeah, so many nuggets in there for me too. Like, what a great experience. Yeah, for sure. Well, everybody, we trust this was a good experience for you. Better yet, a great experience. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Joy Lynn Maniachi, for helping us understand how to own the microphone. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome sauce. Everybody, we appreciate you tuning in. Until next time, I am Bridget McGowan, and make sure you always own the microphone. <laughs>